you as. This is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Hola. Welcome back to 88.3 WCTs. After further review, we're going to do a little bit of round ball here for about 15 minutes. Something wrong? No. Um, okay. But we're going to do a little bit of round ball uh, to talk about it. But one of the big, the big trades was, a, was, was an interesting one. I think it's more a local thing here. And actually, we're going to listen to Zach Lowe and why th- that happened with this trade and why what happened with, and- with Andre Drummond. Why they traded, which I think was one of their most productive players, the Pistons did, for nothing. Uh, obviously, I'll go into why I think the, the trade had to be made, but we'll listen to Zach Lowe from ESPN first why this trade happened. No trade value at all. Uh, the Pistons knew that. They realized it about three days ago. They were Andre Drummond had no trade value at all. Uh, the Pistons knew that. They realized it about three days ago. They were hope they, they were willing to trade him for second round picks, and and that's all they got. Cleveland was one of the teams that I was watching. Charlotte was the other one, and you know we'll see what happens now with his player option in the offseason. He has the same agent as Kevin Love, which is kind of an interesting little plot twist. But look, Cleveland needs a center. He's only 25 or 26 years old. He's not that far from the timeline of Sexton and Garland. Like it's not a crazy trade to get him for nothing. I mean, almost literally nothing. Right. And do you think that they are interested in re-signing him if he opts out of that deal? I, I I think so. I don't know why. I mean, I guess you trade for him at this price no matter what, but I would assume, yeah, they do have an interest in re-signing him. I haven't checked in quite yet, but I, I would assume you don't make this trade if you don't have at least some interest in re-signing him. It is a lot of money, as our panel pointed out in the last segment, to tie up if you can't get rid of that Kevin Love contract, and so far no one has wanted to take that on, especially since it ties up 2021 money, and then re-signing Andre Drummond. What direction would that put Cleveland in? Treading water for a while while their young players improve and their young guards figure out how to play at the, in the NBA. And they're getting, they're getting better now. They're getting, they're getting better at shooting and playmaking and all that. But it's just sort of, you know, could be a value play. Could be, it could end up being nothing. Maybe there's a chance they let them walk this summer. But it's, it's sort of like they're going to have a void at center. At this price, it's kind of a, a why not. He does get numbers. He does rebound. And, you know, maybe this trade will fire him up a little bit. So that was what they were, they were saying. Your thoughts? Well, first off, let me say, hey, there are some things that I did like about it, but there's things that I don't like. Let's start with what I don't like. I don't like the return they got taking on the dead bodies of Brandon Knight and John Henson and getting a second-round pick involved because I thought if you could have gotten a deal done with Atlanta sooner, you probably could have gotten a better return, especially since the Hawks had some more young assets that you could have had to help you down the road. But what I did like was the fact that it doesn't allow him to opt in for next year where they're going to owe him, where they would owe him $30 million and thus really tied up a lot more money into somebody who's too inconsistent of a score. And all he does is just rebound. 
Um, so at least there's that. And plus, the Pistons are a team that's in dire need of a rebuild. And there are some people say, oh, well, they need to buy. We need to contend. Well, Blake Griffin, I think, is near the end of his career, sadly. I hate to say that because I like Blake Griffin as a player. But his health isn't really letting him. And plus, Derrick Rose, I mean, God bless him. He's had a couple, he's had some great games, but again, his knees aren't holding up. I mean, you could have told us that. Well, he's actually had a very productive Oh, yeah, year. I he mentioned should have been a, He should have been an all-star this year. He got snubbed, and he's actually been really healthy. Um, but he but still had knee pro- soreness bothering him, which well, I think. Every NBA player has that. I think the, 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 the problem goes back to the, the, the Griffin deal. He tied up all that money into him, and he flopped. Let's just be honest what it is. It is what it is. And not, I don't think, production on the court. He's just he's injured. He's not valuable. Yeah. Now you got all this money tied up. You got Drummond you got to pay. Drummond's your most productive player, and I've been saying from the get-go, if you can get some guards around this guy, it's gonna, it could be lethal for him. But, unfortunately, Reggie Jackson was hurt, and then he's got this hodgepodge of just – nothingness then you draft a guy that you're sending back and forth to the d league i i really think the pistons were hitting the reset button but really that trade for blake griffin was a well, that poor, was poor trade that well at that point they needed a rebuild yet tom gores and stan van gundy were just oblivious to it well, i don't know no no they had an actually decent team and as i've said over and over and over again the problem with the pistons has been the injuries in the backcourt let's say derrick rose was playing like he is now and they got him maybe two years ago or before griffin was there i don't think that trade ever gets made gets made done now, obviously you can say all this stuff as you want but that's where the problem lies so now as with the pistons lineup that you got who can you get for assets? The only person you can kind of get is Andre Drummond, really. Who's going to trade for Blake Griffin? Nobody's trading for him because he's got exactly. this massive contract and he's injured all the time. And his contract does expire after next season. But still, it's just and – and, and no one really knows quite sure what's going on with his career. I think his knees are shot and he's never yeah, going to be the same player that he was. Reggie Jack, who's trading for – Who Who wants Reggie Jackson? Yeah, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is cancer. Well, I don't know if he's cancer. I just think that he just doesn't have any value. I mean, let's just be honest with it. The, mean, the only place I could see him going, and this team has really done a nice job of taking guys who were cancer and making them decent, was the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. So, the but, Pistons were, grant, were, were, were were given a C. Yeah. Um, second round pick in 2023, and probably not even a good one. Um, and then they get... <laughs> <laughs> they get Brandon. I mean, this is yeah. They t- they get they take out uh, the corpses of Brandon Knight and John Hanson. And and I think what they decided to do was um, Christian Wood is going to start at center. He is averaging twenty one points and ten point seven rebounds per thirty six million. And that's a false stat there. Uh, I think it'll be a better fit for Cleveland and with the guards. I, I th- this could be a blessing in disguise for Drum, and he's still he can, he's coming into his prime. And and I'm telling you, Porter, Garland, and Sexton are going to make a good backcourt and or one two three punch. And along with him, now the other thing is you got to get rid of Love. Tristan Thompson's got to go. I mean, yeah, I, I tr- think I think they wanted to unload Tristan him too. Tom- 
because uh, his contract's bad and he's not he, he's gonna be he's gonna just give you average numbers but for almost superstar payment uh I, I really th- I, I kind of like the trade for for Cleveland I want and then John Beeline I think is a heck of a coach even though he's just a he's adjusting to the NBA game the NBA game is a lot different than the college game but if these young guys can learn how to play the game be healthy just be healthy mixed with drumming because drumming can get you a double double and I mean not just you know 10 and 10 I'm talking about this man could probably get you 25 and 20 and let's face it sometimes the young rookies they shoot a lot and they shoot a bunch of bricks he's there to clean up the mess um but it's it's pretty evident to me that the Detroit they're gonna hit the reset button I mean when you you trade away a guy like that for for peanuts and and a, a, a dirty sticker stuck to the arena floor yeah, that already tells you where they're going with this. Yeah, and they're stuck with Reggie Jackson and Blake Griffin and, and Derrick Rose, who's been been pretty decent. But but I also thought that they probably could have got something for Rose in return. But like they, what? Probably, like maybe a young asset or a second round pick. I mean, because you get because I think really that because as evidenced by their draft where they took guys from. Europe, like uh, Seku was one, uh, and then there was another guy too. Who I can't remember his name. Those are guys that you take in later rounds, and then you stash them, and then hope you find the next Manu Ginobili. Mm-hmm. And plus, the Pistons also needed to get drummed out for tanking purposes, because then I think if you get into, you had a chance to get into the lottery top four. Then you got a chance of getting a number one pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can pull up the NBA standings real quick. The Warriors and and Wolves make a swap with Russell and Wiggins, and Kerr basically says that it was because of fit. We already know what that means. Yeah, he I think it, I think Russell was basically a uh, a rental player. Obviously, you lost. You knew you lost Clay Thompson and Durant, one to free agency, one to ACL injury. I think they wanted, you know, Russell to fill the butt, the butt, the basket with Steph Curry. And then Steph Curry gets injured, and and I mean the Warriors are just now not the Warriors anymore. But then you have to think now with Thompson coming back, Russell is a ball dominant player, and those guys coming off screen, it's just not going to work with them that way. And I don't think Russell really is going to conform to their culture. So you know they had to get rid of him. Which Wiggins, I think, is a better fit with them. Very athletic wing. Uh, he'll almost be in a, a Harrison Barnes, more of a light uh, uh, role, but I think a little bit better, though. Yeah. And for the record, the Pistons are currently two games ahead from being, or two games back from being in the lottery top four. They're only two ga- games ahead of the Minnesota Timberwolves in the standing. So I'd say all, ab- all aboard the tank train. Have your chance at getting the top, getting the top four pick, maybe even the number one. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if they'll end up falling beyond Golden State because I think Golden State has just scrapped it for the year. Yeah, they they possibly have. I mean, sometimes you get to so many, you know, NBA Finals, it takes a, uh, you know, toll on everyone's body. But let's listen to, to the the Woj, uh, what he thought about the trade with the the Timberwolves and the Warriors on D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves and Andrew Wiggins going back to the Warriors. 
Yeah, Rachel, those were conversations that picked up again, you know, after Minnesota uh, did the deal with Atlanta and Houston uh, the other day. They've got, uh, you know, a lot of it had been built around, Rachel, number one, how much salary Minnesota would be taking on, and then number two, what the draft pick protections would be. And so that 2021 draft, that pick is, that Minnesota pick now going to Golden State is protected to number three. And if it doesn't convey, if it doesn't convey that year, if they're in the top three, that pick becomes unprotected in 2022. And I think for the Warriors, Rachel, you know, they know they're going to have a high pick in this coming draft. And oh, they're yes, going to have they a are. chance <laughs> to get one of the, the very best players. But this is not a deep draft. And I think moving uh, getting that Minnesota pick the following year uh, had great appeal to uh, the Warriors, and they were able to get that deal done. Gerson Rosas, since he took over as the president in Minnesota, he had targeted D'Angelo Russell. He, he chased him in summer free agency uh, and, and stayed on him throughout this year. He has wanted to pair him with Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns wanted to have D'Angelo Russell as his point guard. And now he has them, and Andrew Wiggins goes to Golden State. And I think what will be interesting for Wiggins, Rachel, is you know they're going to ask him to play less of a role, have less of a burden than he had in Minnesota. Uh, and so you'll see how he responds uh, to maybe taking a, more of a – especially on offense, taking more of a secondary go role with all the great guard talent they have on the Warriors. And, and I think for uh, – for the Warriors, they felt in the end that this was their best chance to get the most value for Russell because there wasn't a team out there who had wanted D'Angelo Russell in the way yeah. and really needed a point guard the way that Minnesota did. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, again, I think uh, just getting some – I think it's really Golden State getting uh, Wiggins in for possibly next season when they end up getting Clay Thompson back. And everybody else back, and then they're ready to make move, especially after they get a draft pick chance to get ready for another dynasty run. But they're, I think they're one team that I thought was a real winner this trade deadline. Mine was the uh, Miami Heat getting Andre Iguodala. Well, because here, well, I actually think Marcus Morris going to the Clippers really short yeah, that shows up some stuff. But I think Clint Capella though that trade of the Hawks that was kind of interesting with Covington going to the to the Rockets. Now the Rockets have yeah, now no the, bigs. Yeah, the, I don't think they're no one to clean up misses. You know, the Rockets they can miss some threes, they can hit them, but they also can brick them and, and build a foundation for a house. Yeah, and. Don't, I think Houston possibly ends up picking somebody up off of waivers if anyone gets bought. If anyone gets bought out, but we'll have to see what happens. But I mentioned Miami; they added Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, and right now they how Miami looks like probably one of the probably the deepest team in the East. You got, I mean, they've got young guys like Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero in their lineup, Jimmy Butler. Myers Leonard, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, and Kelly Olenek. So, I mean, they've got guys. I think Miami's probably got a chance to make a run in the East. I don't know if they'll be able to get past the Bucks, mm -hmm. But I think they could possibly be somebody who you don't want to take your eyes off of. Right. Final thoughts as we wrap this up. A little past 1 o'clock here on 88.3 WCTs. I have a further review. Well, I will uh, say there's... 
couple of reports of buyouts from Adrian Wojnarowski. He says the Bucks are waving Dragon Bender, which I guess is going to let them be let sign uh, Marvin Williams. Williams who was bought out by the Charlotte Hornets. It also sounds out like uh, the Hornets are buying out Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, he was a bu- <laughs> Yeah, he was- I knew he would never be good. Really, have some guys. Some like I said. Sometimes I wonder what Jordan horrible, horrible, horrible talent evaluator. Uh-huh. Uh, I I don't know about it as an owner because you also got to judge an owner by their financial ways too. I mean, along with the basketball operations, is also how they're operating marketing wise and, and and money wise. But as far as the basketball operations and talent and whatnot. He might be the greatest basketball player, but as an executive, nah, nah, nah. he is pff, horrible. Where, but I, I do have to ask you, where would you put him at among worst owners in the NBA? Would you put him in the same category as James Dolan, Robert Sarver? No, no, James Dolan. I mean, James Dolan's made the Knicks a, a, a iconic franchise along with playing in one of the most iconic uh, buildings in the NBA, the Mecca, a.k.a. Madison Square Garden. And I've also heard stories about him too. Um, some some reporters that used to work at at Channel Eleven that kind of came from the New York area told me stuff about him. He he's really, but I I don't I, I don't I think Jordan he tries. Like I said, as an owner, Charlotte is somewhat relevant. They're somewhat competitive to the point. Look at the Knicks. It's just a debauchery of they're not competitive. And think about it. They just replaced the president. They fired Fizdale. Or they made those deals where they yeah. picked up, they signed four power forwards. I mean, just stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's been years and years. And the New York fans, I feel so bad for them because it, it's they love basketball so much. But in the last 20 years, how many winning seasons have they had there in New York? I mean, it's just horrible. Not very many. I mean, at least the at least the, the, the Hornets, and before that, the Bobcats, at least made a couple playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference, which has been weak the last probably 10 years. So I wouldn't say he's the worst of the worst, but I really think personally with how he is so highly competitive in his ego – has gotten in the way to the point where, as an owner, to delegate and hire people to actually run the organization that the way it should be has hurt the organization to an extent. Yeah, and just the, the you know the, the Adam Morrison drafts or the Michael Kidd Gilchrist, where athleticism off the charts that can work in college basketball, but you got to have some skill set in the NBA if you're going to be a long term player in the league. Yeah, so and I think the only guy he really drafted that was actually worth the damn is Kimball Walker. Yeah, and he he's left. Gone. Yeah, he's gone, but th- because he couldn't surround him with any other pieces. Yeah, that's very true. So I, I it sounds like you'd put him at the same you know, level as a Robert Sarver, who has been. The Suns have been pretty bad at drafting. The only draft no, that I would, put him above him. I, Dolan and Sarver are totally, totally down the. Well, the, I'm talking about time. Jordan and Sarver. I would think. Oh yeah. Yeah, not not Dolan and Sarver. I think Dolan is just probably absolutely. below him. But then I think Jordan is probably more on Tom Gore's level, where the team they've made a couple bad signings. They they're trying to be competitive. They have made the playoffs, but it's just hitting a miss, swinging a miss. Yeah. So I, I think we should, some point down the road, we should um, have a dis- three of us should have a discussion about the worst owners in the NBA. 
hey, how bad they are. They're on field ineptitude. Dude. And how bad fans are. Yeah, that is true. Well, we got planned for this weekend. Uh, not a whole lot. Probably take it easy. Because I know the next few weekends I'm going to be out due to announcing wrestling. Plus, I got a lot of basketball going on. It's two games a week for the next few weeks. Before I know it, March will be here and it'll be district time. Okay, yeah, that is true. We got our uh, couple more games in the season. And then 22nd on Saturday, if you want to come and watch us, we'll be at Lake High School competing for a sectional championship. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I know I've got middle school wrestling to announce, so if it, I get free in the afternoon, I might have to head down that way. Actually, it'll be Saturday night at 8. So, oh, okay, that'll give me plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, it's at night. Last time St. Ursula won an actual uh, sectional championship was 2005. Uh, time, to, time to end the drought. Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks for once again watching 88.3 WGTs. After further review, always listen to us Saturdays, either recorded or live, 11 to 1 on the terrestrial dial or just check out our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. WSUT's after further review with a picture of Frank Master and the horse's head. For David and Frank, I'm Derek Lawson. Peace. We're out. Listen to us next week.